one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort. 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. How long should for uh, oral sex last for? It depends on who's doing it. <laughs> if you're receiving it, how long? Yeah, usually, uh, you know, the first three minutes, and then I got to get down to the nitty-gritty, to the brass tacks, if you know what I mean. I think I do. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday, which means this is This Week in Bachelor Nation, a.k.a. Twibbon. You sound like you're down under, mate. Uh, what? <laughs> Didn't see it coming, did you? I mean, no, I never do, strangely, even though I should. I should just expect it at this point. Harry Potter. We're here to discuss all the things that are happening around the nation. So we're going to give you all that Bachelor Nation news. We got some screams from the pit coming up, all those parasocial plays, those parasocial creatures. Uh, what am I missing? Gains. We got some interesting things happening in the ratings of the show this week, actually. Um, I was a little bit surprised. So we will have all that for you, obviously. But before we get to any of that, we have to do a little bit of business. We got to mention Bookwatch. We're still waiting on it. Still waiting on the producers to produce an image of our book, How to Win the Bachelor, which we now know was being read by players in this season. Producers caught those players, and uh, we believe it's going to be disappeared from the show. We also need to talk very quickly about April 22nd. It's going to be a very important date in the history of Game of Roses because the entire Game of Roses team is traveling to Lion Dyke country. That's right. Scottsdale, Arizona is going to be hosting. I love that. Bachelor Live on stage uh, this entire year. Last year, they did Bachelor Live on stage. They toured it around to many different cities. Dark Seeker and I went to the one in Los Angeles at the Ace Hotel, downtown LA. And we were underwhelmed, but enthused. So much so that we are going back this year. But this year, it's not in a bunch of cities around the nation. It's in one city, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's at one location, Talking Stick Resort. And on April 22nd, we are going to be there. So if you're planning on making a trip, and you have some ability to choose which of the three weekends in April they're going to uh, be doing this at. April 22nd, we'll Come be at there. Come the beginning of tourist season. Exactly. Um, you know, hope to see anyone out there from the pit that we can see. Breaking news. Pit. The first Pace Case Palapa has dropped. I recorded a 26-minute breakdown of the current Vanderpump Rules scandal, a.k.a. Scandaval, I went through basically all of the social media plays and news stories that are important to kind of follow the timeline of this from season one of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, You can find it on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Highly recommend it. I was blown away by the graphic quality of your palapa. It's outstanding work. Thank you. I tinkered with it a lot. It shows. To give it a a nice vibe. Thank you. It's a fantastic vibe. Now that we've concluded business, it's time to get into pleasure. We're going to begin this (laughs) uh, week in Bachelor Nation as we begin all weeks in Bachelor Nation with Game Game of Roses. Roses. State State of the the game. game. 
This state of the game is a little bit different. We're going to have a field report from Dark Seeker. She attended an incredibly important event this past week, and she's here with us now to tell us all about it. Dark Seeker, welcome to the pit. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Seeker. So tell us, where did you go? What did you see? What did you do? Well, first of all, I want you to to imagine if Rachel Lindsay never accepted ABC's offer to be on The Bachelor. Can't do it. I've imagined it multiple times. And I always wonder, would she be better off for it? Would her life be better? I don't know. The answer is, I don't know. Sometimes deals with the devil work out. (laughs) Well, that very question is the premise of Rachel Lindsay's new book, Real Love, which I went to a event for on Monday. Um, And Real Love is Rachel's second book, but it's her first fiction novel. And it follows a character named Maya Johnson, who is loosely based on Lindsay. So when Maya, who is a career woman with a life plan to dominate in her industry, is approached to become the star of a dating reality series called Real Love, she passes on the opportunity only to see her best friend Delilah take the role and be whisked away. So the book is exploring the what ifs because Rachel almost didn't go on The Bachelor. She was like this close to saying no. So on Monday, I went into the city to attend a conversation about Rachel's new book, Real Love, that was moderated by Matt James. And so what was that like? You get where was this? uh, Where did it take place? Took place at this. um, I think it's a YMCA that also does big events. It's called 92NY. And there's lots of like people like Jason Tardick did an event there when his book came out. Mm. Very popular Mm. with like people who like celebrities who write books. And so you attend this event, you walk in, what is the vibe like? Well, it was sold out. Um, I got there like right when it was about to start and there were members of the New York influence there. Gore Girl, Chelsea Vaughn, our fave. Star-studded event. Maggie Tariq. Oh yeah. Rachel Corconnell was also in attendance. So we had some heavy hitters. Also, Justin Talks Batch. Uh, he's, you know, commentator was also there. So it was cool to see all of Rachel's fans, plus some people in the New York Influence. Um, yeah. You've read both of her books. Which which one is your favorite, would you say? I haven't finished Real Love yet, but Miss Me With That is fantastic. Like, the amount of highlighting I did while reading that and the post-it notes, like it was just, there were so many juicy tids and I think there's going to be equally as many juicy tids in this book. And I'll explain why. Yeah. Because you can hide it under fake people. Exactly. Interesting. And we'll get to my uh, question that I asked her, but What was really cool about this event was this is the first time that the first Black Bachelorette and the first Black Bachelor were on the same stage together and they were both off contract. That's Mm. the way that Rachel like advertised it, which I found very interesting. So that was cool. Did they say anything on stage that was enlightening in terms of producer manipulations, behind the scenes kind of stuff? They definitely alluded to it, for sure. Such as? What what was, like, one of the biggest takeaways? So she basically started the talk out, you know, said hi, all these kinds of things. 
And she goes, y'all, with fiction, I can talk about anything. And her eyes got real big. And she goes, <laughs> she said, writing my first book, Miss Me With That, was therapeutic. I loved it, but I didn't have as much control. I had to give up a lot of control. Whereas with this book, mm. she mm. goes, it's as therapeutic, possibly more. And she called it magical. She went on to explain that, you know. So now we have to decode it. Like I know. A, like a Taylor Swift she, uh, set list. She even said there are Easter eggs all throughout my book. And I'm like, okay, like hmm. this really hmm. is like a Taylor Swift kind of deal. Um, So, but she, what was interesting was she was saying all these things about how you can talk about whatever you want if it's fiction, but then she really made it a point to be like, this is loosely based on my life. The character Maya is loosely based on me. But then Matt would chime in and he would say, well, you know, I resonated with so many different situations in this book. And also he started texting Rachel after he read it and calling her Maya, which is the character that uh, is based off of Rachel. And he just kept kind of being like, yeah, but it, I mean, I really resonated with it. It felt very realistic to me. And I found that kind of like back and forth. Yeah, I really found the soup kitchen villain to be really threatening. <laughs> yeah. When the host of the fictional show Real Love gets fired for a racism scandal, I found that to be very, very realistic. Yeah. <laughs> very realistic. Um, did you talk to anyone else who was there? Anyone else who attended the event? Yes. Um, I talked oh. to pit people. Um, shout out to Abby. You got recognized? I did. Uh, yes. I, was, I love that. I was not expecting that. So I was embarrassed when like I didn't have any makeup on and just threw on some sweats. <laughs> and all these people were like, oh my gosh, I didn't recognize you. And I'm like, oh no. Um, but let's see. Some... More interesting tidbits. Oh, and shout out to Abby and Ariel. I promised I would shout them out uh, if we did this on Twibbon. So nice. And there were also two mysterious women who came up to me while I was talking to Abby and Ariel, patted me on the back and said, love your work. They were super chic and super like <laughs> New York. And they just patted me on the back and then Ooh. went on their way. V very Was, was it a girl. sinister thing? Was it like a grocery store Joe thing? Were these possibly producers? <laughs> were they grocery store Joe's? They were uh, his, people? I was just about to say they were 1000% his henchmen. Did okay. you check for your wallet after that? I didn't. I should have. Right. Good to check. There are a few more interesting tidbits. Like Rachel is planning on watching The Senior Bachelor. She says she doesn't want to watch any of the other shows, but she will watch The Senior Bachelor be out of sheer curiosity. Hmm. Yeah, I think most people will tune into the first episode yeah. for the same reason. And then we'll see what they've done with it. And <laughs> during the talk, she said that the character Delilah, who takes the Bachelorette role instead of Maya, is Latina. And Rachel goes... If ABC won't do it, I'll make Delilah the first Latina bachelorette, which got a lot of laughs and cheers. Um, mm -hmm. Very interesting. And then I asked my question, and I got a very interesting reaction. So I was the second okay. question. Matt said, 
you lady over there. And I said, you talk about how with fiction, you can talk about whatever you want. Unlike with your first book, Miss Me With That, where you had to give up Mm -hmm. more control. Are there any storylines in real love that we should look out for that you couldn't go into with Miss Me With That? And she Mm. gave me this look like she was she it was a long pause and the crowd was like, ooh, I felt like I was back in high school. Like they all were looking at me and yeah. And she gave me this look and she goes. "Mm." She goes, no, but I know y'all like to speculate. And just the way she said it, I knew she meant yes. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah. She said yes with her eyes. Just to be clear, your question was not, Matt James, tell me the truth about the ATV crash in week one with Bree Springs. Did that really happen or did you have to act it out? Did producers completely script it? You didn't ask him that? I didn't. I sh- I, he wasn't, the floor wasn't open to questions for him. It was own. I thought we already determined the ATV crash was real. It is real, I know. I just wanted to see if he would corroborate that. I think he would. I think Bree did. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> in my head, my conspiracies die hard, as you know. Uh, they will be forever conspiracies in my mind. But that's great. So you got to ask this question. Mm-hmm. You had a good time. You got recognized. Your your dark powers are on display. Were there any other good questions? There, You know, there was a, a question... I think it was the last question and somebody basically said something to the effect of, do you ever hate it um, because you've gone so much further than the franchise, which we've all uh, come to a consensus that Rachel Lindsay is probably the most like famous in our franchise who like got away from the franchise. Like she is on Mm -hmm. extra. She does stuff with ESPN. Um, and this person was like, does it ever get, like, do you get annoyed when you're uh, introduced as, like, the former Bachelorette or whatever? And she goes, mm-hmm. no, I would not be here talking to you guys today if I didn't do the Bachelorette. And that's just the cold, hard truth. And I loved this because there are people like Nick Bial who try so hard to distance themselves, even though the franchise is the reason that they are here and embracing it is only going to do good for your engagement, your audience, all that stuff. And I love how open she was. She was like, no, I am very thankful. And I was actually, I was surprised by that. Just in in the great one's defense. Oh, okay. I know that he says, I'm a podcaster now. And Natalie Joy didn't even know I was a bachelor. I know he does all that. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. But. The man does do recaps, does talk to Bachelor people constantly. I don't think he's necessarily trying to distance himself from it. He's just trying to let us know that he's a skilled entertainer, a skilled showman who doesn't necessarily need The Bachelor to have attained some kind of media success. That's all he's doing. As somebody who listens to, I don't know, 10,000 hours of the vile files every (laughs) week, I feel like I I can kind of uh, speak on this more, you know? Yeah, I agree. You've listened. You know more about him than anyone in this world, probably. That is probably true. Honestly, yeah. It And sometimes he has some good takes. Sometimes he doesn't, you know, but. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I won't belabor the point. Maybe you're right. 
But um, this sounds like a fantastic event and obviously a historic event to have Matt James and Rachel Lindsay on the same stage at the same time talking Bachelor, even if it was in veiled terms through a supposedly fictionalized account of her own real life story. Matt was really trying to push. The, I, I appreciated Matt really trying to push it and be like, well, yeah. And yeah, so that was interesting. Hmm. Well, Dark Seeker, we cannot thank you enough for going to events like these and coming here with your field reports. They offer us an interesting insight into these kind of peripheral things that happen as a result of our beloved game that not everybody can go to, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the East Coast of the pit, you know? Oh my goodness. Holding it too down. Far. It, and people for want us. people are like, when are Chad and Lizzie coming to the East Coast? And I'm like, trust me, I'm trying to did. get them here. I already did it. Uh, we did, did it. it. We were there for 24 hours. That's about all I can take. No offense to the East Coast. No offense whatsoever. I get it. People like to live where they like to live. Every place has its own unique uh, pluses and minuses. For me, the the person that I am, the person that I've become, mm-hmm. New York City just doesn't. It's not where I need to be. It's not where I like to be. So basically what he's saying is East Coast pit, you can suck it. So Never said that. Whew, I love both of the coasts and the middle. Everybody's free to live where they, wherever they like, for whatever reasons they like, as am I. And so I live in Los Angeles. They just want you to visit. And that's it. I understand. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to move there. Clues. Exactly. For me, a visit is like a mini move. It's like saying I'm going to live in this place for... <laughs> An hour or two. This is the craziest thing you've ever said. For me, a visit is a mini move. Yeah, it's a mini move. You got to take clothes. So how many times have you moved? However many times I've flown to places where I don't live. What? Hundreds. I don't know. Hundred mini moves, 200 mini moves. I don't know how many I've done in my life. Oh my gosh. Bunch of them. And I don't like it really. Me and Pace Case learn new things about clues every day. And... Mm-hmm. It just I know I'm still learning yeah. somehow. Ha, who knew? I've done one one trip that was not what I consider to be a mini move. This was in my early 20s. I went to Las Vegas with a friend. Where? Las Vegas, and okay. we both decided we're not taking like clothes or anything. We're going to fly in on a Friday night. We're going to stay up for 48 hours and fly out on a Sunday. And um didn't work out. We were asleep in the lobby of our hotel by the next morning at like fucking 7 a.m. Oh but we had no room. We didn't get a room. We had no <laughs> extra clothes or anything like that. It was a big mistake. But I consider that to be a trip. And that's your best mini move? <laughs> no, that wasn't a mini move. That was a trip. That was a vacation. You consider that to be a trip. Mini move is when you take clothing and toothbrushes. It's and a shit. vacation if you don't have a bed. Basically, yeah. If you're paying rent somewhere, I consider that to be living there. And a hotel is you're paying rent for one night of living in that home. Anyway, this doesn't matter. So you lived in New York when you guys came out here for one day. Yeah, I lived there for one day. You know what? This does matter. It's a mini move. I don't know what to tell you. This is what it is. It's a mini move. Because you don't want to carry a bag? Don't want to carry a bag. Don't want to have to like carry a toothbrush. I don't like carrying shit generally. Certainly, I don't like carrying things that could just stay in my house. You shouldn't. Here. Okay. Ooh. I know hmm. I know how to help your mini move. You buy doubles of everything that you need to bring on a trip and you just keep it in or one backpack. Release it in the move. I leave it in that house in like when we went to New York, for example. And release it? Yeah, I just left that toothbrush in my New York apartment. Oh, come on. 
you know. Okay. You don't want to bring the back. It's just a backpack. Yeah, I don't like carrying shit. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. I don't like moves. You hire someone to come with you. It's getting too complicated now. Listen. And they carry your backpack. We're way off topic. I don't know what we're even talking about anymore. (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about. You just said the craziest thing you've ever, literally ever said. I said something that made perfect sense. (laughs) And then... You no. guys, I have to re-explain what a fucking mini move is. We're all doing mini moves 24 hours a day. Everybody knows about this. Your one vacation is because you slept on the floor of a hotel <laughs> instead of a bed. That doesn't make any Lobby. sense. Lobby. We slept in chairs. It was just like, we can't keep doing this to ourselves. Basically, we were drunk uh, as soon as we got there again, early 20s. And then we went into the hotel, this lobby, and we were like, can we really power through another day of this? And we both looked at each other and we're like, no, we can't. We need to sleep. We need rest. And so we just sat in the chairs in the lobby of what would have been, I believe, the Rio at that point. Or maybe we were at the Sahara. RIP, I don't even think that exists anymore. Jesus. Anyway, irrelevant. None of this is relevant. Sound off. Uh, no, no, no. Sound off in the comments if you've ever... How many mini moves has the pit gone on? Just let us know in the comments. Anyways, Wowie. thank you, Dark Seeker, okay. for your invaluable work uh, on the East Coast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, and I'm sorry, Dark Seeker. <laughs> what? Nothing. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to apologize for my stance on many moves, but uh, thank you, <laughs> Dark Seeker. And we will um, hopefully be hearing more from you about whatever the next field report may entail. But now it is time to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss all of the uh, movements across social media and across the ratings of our beloved game. This is. This week in games. The ratings for this week's big game maintained at 0.59 in the demo with a slight increase to 3 million total viewers. Unfortunately, this week, that was not enough to take the top spot across broadcast networks. In fact, it wasn't even enough to take second place. The last game of Zach Shawcross's regular season limped into third place, getting trounced by the debut of The Voice on NBC with a 0.7 and 6.28 million viewers and Fox's 911 with a 0.6 and 4.8 million viewers. Our beloved game did manage to beat out a rerun of The Neighborhood on CBS and All-American on The CW, which garnered a 0.0 in the demo. I just don't understand this. I don't understand this. Shouldn't you just play ads instead of... Yes. No one (laughs) from the age 18 to 45 watched this program. I don't understand how you're... How is network TV still alive? Or at least how is the CW still alive? No one watched it. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they sometimes need not the target demo. Maybe sometimes they're like any demo, just eyeballs. I don't know. I don't know how they set up their ad rates, but uh, this does not look good for them, in my opinion. Well, let's move on to something that also isn't looking that good. Crown Gains. Zachary Shalcross gained 3K on Instagram this week, bringing him to a total of 107K, and he gained 15 followers on TikTok, bringing him to 708 total. Is he going to break 1K on TikTok by the end of the season? <laughs> God. <laughs> it's just so sad when you see this shit, and then you look at like what the perfect match players are doing. They're all skyrocketing, hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers, et cetera, et cetera. So people are saying like the Instagram era is dead. I don't think that's true. I think it's just for our beloved game, it may be, or at least right now it is. Um, We do have an interesting gains update to mention. 
Brianna Thorburn's Instagram is no longer active. Instagram has been known to delete profiles with too many bot followers. We speculated last week that her gains might have been due to that. We don't know. But we now know that her Instagram account is no longer active. We don't know if it's banned. We don't know if she took it down. We just know that it's not there anymore. So that is a little bit of reporting. But now let's move into the top five Instagram gains for March 9th, 2023. The top spot goes to Bubble Bath impersonations player Katie Bigger, who gained 12K for a total of 46.4K. Floater turned dark horse Ariel Frankel gained 11K for a total of 36K. Gabriella Gabby L. Nicky gained 8.7K for a total of 37.9K. Good girl Charity Lawson gained 5.6K for a total of 18.8K. And in fifth place, Real Cowgirl Brooklyn Willie gained 4.6K for a total of 19.9K. Brooklyn has less than 20K. Like, that's crazy to me. I'm telling you, like... She's been on, on screen the whole time. I have some theories about this, about the numbers, you know, for our beloved game on Instagram. And I think it's like, there's a couple of things at play here. The pandemic is over. I think people had like some long-term burnout from social media, generally speaking. And now that we're kind of out of it and... I'm not saying like COVID's over or anything, but like society has moved back to like people are doing things in public places and going out to bars and going to movies and going to eat at restaurants and stuff. I think people's real lives are actually like taking time away from their social media. As mm. it, and, it, and that wasn't the case during the pandemic. Gross. So I think there's like a, <laughs> I agree. I think there might be like a little bit of a lessening. That's a part of it. I also think that it's um, the bachelor's like attitude about social media I think specifically hampers players in this game. Again, you look at perfect match. All of those players are fucking skyrocketing. You've got Francesca Ferragamo has almost 6 million Instagram followers. Just a a fucking demolition job she's doing to anything The Bachelor could ever produce. And so when you look at that, and all the players on that season, by the way, have in the hundreds of thousands at the very least, it's like... I don't know. Is it because Netflix doesn't really have this anti-social media platform that they try to like put through all their shows? It seems I, not that they support it generally, but like they're cool with it. People can talk about that shit openly in their shows and they don't give a fuck. They're not villainized for it, you know, whereas here it seems like it's been just the life has been strangled out of it, in my opinion. Now for the top five total Instagram chart, Christina Mandrell's in first place with 131K. Out of the document for weeks. At Victoria, a.k.a. Victoria Jameson, is still in second place with 125K. She has been out of the document at this point for five weeks. I feel like she's been out of the document the entire season. Basically, yes. They did. I believe she was in... <laughs> no, she wasn't on night one, right? She was week one, I think. Yeah, second episode. I think she got kicked out in the first regular season rose ceremony. Third place, Jessica Gerard, 50K. Fourth place, Katie Bigger, 46.4. Gabrielle Nikki. Enters the top five for the first time, 37.9K. So only Mandrell has gone into the 100K club during this season. And the top five TikTok chart is Victoria Jameson still at the top, 969.8K. Nobody's coming close ever. Second place, Christina Mandrell, 140.6K. Uh, third place, Madison Johnson, 102.2. Fourth place, Jessica Garrod at 60.1K. And fifth place, Rebecca, Becca Serrano at 52.3K. These are literally... Again, th I think this is the same as last week. Uh, all players who are not in the game at all. 
Yeah. There is not one active player, and we're talking now top four. <laughs> one, there's not one top four player who is in the top five TikTok chart. Abysmal. I don't understand it. It pains me. It pains me because social media can help your show. I totally agree. It's a it's a snake eating its own tail. The less relevant you become in social media, the less relevant your show becomes. So the less relevant your players become in social media, so the less relevant your show becomes. And it just swirls the fucking drain. Well, we have one piece of good news in games. Pace case. That's me. Entered the 10K club this week. Hooray for me. Congratulations. That is exciting news. Yeah, now I can do swipe up links, right? I don't know. Is that how it works? No, that used to be a thing. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know what you're talking about. A little inside joke between me and Pace Case there. And let's move on now to that portion of our program where we talk about all those delicious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black, waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Dark Seeker was kind enough to grace us with her presence and her information about the event she attended with Rachel Lindsay and Matt James that was promoting her new book. We're also going to cover it right here in Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, Season 13 Bachelorette, an all-around icon of the game, Rachel Lindsay released her second book this week, Real Love. It is a fictional novel inspired by a question that Lindsay says she sometimes asks herself, what if she hadn't gone on The Bachelorette? Real Love tells the story of Maya Johnson, a woman who has the chance to become the face of a reality show and turns it down. Instead, she focuses on landing her dream job as the youngest ever female director at her investment firm. Maya intends to stay on the path that she and her parents imagined for her. The book's title is the name of a fictional series, which is similar to The Bachelorette. After declining to go on Real Love, Maya watches her friend Delilah accept the role and embark on her televised journey to find love. Although Real Love is a work of fiction, Lindsay described it as being in conversation with her previous book of essays, Miss Me With That. She said, in quotes, it's like the other side of the story. I wanted to write my book of essays because I wanted to take control over my story for the first time ever. I feel like I'm very misunderstood and I wanted people to understand with Real Love that I almost said no to going on The Bachelor, which changed the entire trajectory of my life. Congratulations go out to Rachel Lindsay on this accomplishment. No doubt one of many more to come. Perhaps we will see a movie version of real love in the near future. Mm. Could be interesting. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, we're talking about glaze. And not the glaze you're thinking of. It's a, what is that? It's the different glaze altogether. We're talking about Justin's cousin Marshall. Justin Glaze was famously disappeared from Bachelor at season 17, despite making it to the finals before turning in a controversial season of BIP last year. And this week, Justin revealed via Instagram story that his cousin Marshall will be trying his hand in a different game as a member of the cast of Love is Blind season four. Justin jokingly captioned the post, I hope this Glaze has better luck, LMAO. We wish Marshall Glaze all the luck in the world as he enters the Netflix dating game pool of players. If he doesn't find his soulmate through the glowing blue wall of the pods, he now knows he has a chance at perfect match 
where we can really see if he's cut out for the sport of reality TV. Hopefully, Justin was able to coach him before entering the pods, but we are very excited to see if the extended Glaze family can keep the momentum going as the second member now enters the Netflix world. Good luck and congrats to Marshall. We should also mention that we are currently trying to figure out how to do a watch along of the new Love is Blind season that is going to be available at patreon.com slash gameroses. Looking forward to that, especially now that I know Perfect Match season two will be coming at some point in the future. And many of the people on this season four, I mean, look, here's what Perfect Match has done. Exactly. It makes you want to watch all these shows. Makes you want to listen. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is some personal information. All right. I was over at a friend's house last night and uh, I was talking to his wife. She starts telling me, I don't really watch any Netflix reality shows, but I started watching Perfect Match, and now I'm watching Love is Blind, The Circle, uh, and there was another one in there, that I, Too Hot to Handle. She's going back to watch all of it because Perfect Match wow. is so good. They got her. She's in that pool. Again, this is the model. This is what every streaming service is now going to have to do. You're going to have to have a big slate of reality shows, and then you're going to have to have a Perfect Match style show where all those people date in a competitive uh, style. You have to. You absolutely have to. It's the way to do it. I want to see a perfect match of 90 Day Fiance. Yes, correct. Bravo should be doing a perfect match where it's all the housewives yeah. are fucking dating each other and fighting each other and whatever else. I want to see the housewives doing the uh, sliding down a big ramp into a, a pool of soap. All the housewives dating and fighting each other. I don't know if you know what the housewives are. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. They're all married. Who cares? Doesn't matter doesn't matter that's what we're learning on perfect match like the mole isn't a dating game doesn't matter get in there and start doing a dating game now you know congratulations to glaze and the glaze family um looking very forward to seeing what he can do in this but again like i was saying you now have this thing in the netflix shows where the very existence of perfect match in the exact same way that the very existence of bachelor in paradise did to bachelor you've now got people wanting to get in these other shows that potentially don't even give a fuck about the shows they're in. They're looking at like Love mm -hmm. is Blind or The Circle or whatever as their audition for Perfect Match. Everyone who applies to whatever, the mole, is going to think that for now. Yes. They're going to be like, how do I craft a character that's best for Perfect Match? Correct. Because Perfect Match is the number one show on Netflix. It's huge. Number one is definitely the opposite of 0.0. .0. Yes, I agree. Coming up next in the news, a great one is in oh the news this God. week. Oh, my God. You can't even say <laughs> the great one? Come on. A great one is in the news this Ugh. week for rendering what seems to us here at Gore to be an uncharacteristically fast judgment. The great one took to Twitter as his favored medium of pronouncement to air his opinion that Zach Shalcross is not expressing the appropriate level of empathy this season. During this Monday's game, TGO live tweeted every time Zach hears any of the women express an insecurity. Instead of showing an ounce of empathy, his face just drowns in disappointment. <laughs> Hashtag The Bachelor. <laughs> like, I'm going to continue reading this news piece for sure, but I just want to real quick stop. Uh -huh. Imagine this is TGO. He's at home. Natalie Joy's sitting next to him. And he's like, oh, hang on a minute, babe. I, we got to pause. I got to send out a tweet. Let me just craft this. How's this? Every time Zach hears any of the women expressing his security, instead of showing an ounce of empathy, his face just drowns in disappointment. Hashtag bachelor. You think that's good? Yeah, babe, send it. A drowning face. What's a drowning face? His face just drowns in disappointment. 
there is a level look and, and i know i know i'm not the one to be saying this because we do a fucking podcast where we go in we call minutia alarms on each other and shit like this we go into the minutia i get it and i say stupid shit all the time i definitely misuse words as do i there is something about this fucking tweet and you're nailing it it's the drowns in disappointment there is this <laughs> lyrical quality to how he's crafting this tweet to give it like an air of real gravitas that it just don't need in my opinion but this is the great one we're talking about. So Yeah, what do you mean? He looks like he's a hero of women. <laughs> here. Well, how about this next one? Uh, in a subsequent tweet, the great one rendered an implied <laughs> when I was the bachelor by saying, Zach is now fully in I'm the bachelor and it's your job to prove to me your worthy mode. Hashtag the bachelor. The implication here is that he was in that mode at one time or that he at least knows that mode exists. That's the implication. I think he's calling himself out here inadvertently in this tweet. Interesting. This isn't the first time that Nick has taken to Twitter to express disappointment in Shellcross. After he sent Jess Gerard home during the February 28th episode when she revealed she was upset she hadn't gotten a one-on-one, TGO tweeted, that's two weeks in a row now. Zach was a total dick to one of the women. Sorry, we should have put a little swear... <laughs> Warning there. It's literally all about the one-on-one. Zach knows that. He made Jess feel like she messed up for expressing a valid concern. Hashtag The Bachelor. All we can say here is that, uh, you know, TGO gets some congratulations here. Whether these are good tweets, bad tweets, whatever, they're tweets we're talking about. He's staying relevant and he's doing it every goddamn week. Yeah, somehow he's staying relevant. It's almost like there's some, like, I don't know state-run media that's always like bringing him up all the time and talking are you about saying i'm that every episode. you're calling me the state-run me i'm talking about this because fucking us weekly wrote an article about it i'm not the state-run media i'm talking about the state-run media i'm the i'm the privately run supporter of the state-run media <laughs> it's me clues i'm the problem it's me i'll take it whatever no, okay. i no, i think it's great that you support him so so much. Oh, I don't support him. I'm just reporting on him. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, Kat Izzo. That's Kat with a K. Her surprise send-off at the final game of the regular season is sending shockwaves through the nation that come all the way from the top. The Dark Lord himself seems to have been blindsided by the ultimate weirdo's dismissal of Izzo, saying, in quotes, If I'm being honest, there was a time that I thought Kat was the one. Having talked to Zach on camera and talked to Zach off camera, I really thought it was Kat at the end. And so I knew how difficult these decisions were becoming for him. And I knew how hard he was taking the goodbyes. Obviously, I knew that was going to be a really tough one. Empathetic King. After the dismissal, the Dark Lord emerged from the shadows to perform an STCO for Shellcross. And he had this to say about it. I'm with the producers watching the goodbye at the castle in Budapest. And I just saw his face when he was standing out in front of the castle. And I thought, man, I just got to go out there and give a guy a hug. He needs someone just to kind of be there with him for this moment. It seems that Palmer is attempting to cultivate an empathetic persona, but we all know the truth that he failed to mention. It was very likely the producers he was sitting with that commanded him to perform the STCO in that moment. Nonetheless, this is an interesting admission from a dark lord that Zach's choice was surprising even to him. I, 
I mean, even when I, I couldn't get through that one without smiling. That's what I'm saying. It was Dark Lord's idea to go interrupt the scene. Yeah. I don't know. That's a lie that he said on wax to whatever magazine this was. He's not allowed to say what the producers do. I know. That's the darkness of the job. That's that's the very definition of why it's so dark. You must maintain lies constantly. Clues. Yeah. Gore girl Ivan Hall turned 31 on Wednesday and Abigail Herringer celebrated her birthday on March 3rd. Happy birthday to these superstar players. Indeed. And thank you for indulging Bachelor Nation News. It's time now to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all the plays that various players are making off the field and on their telephones. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. Gore girl, Chelsea Vaughn got a full spread in the New York Post about her journey on The Bachelor and through the dating world. It includes both glamour shots of the fashion icon, a discussion of how her dating profile was posted and scrutinized by the nation, and the interesting dating situation she now finds herself. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Do it for the off the vine with one pair of social play. Caitlin Bristow proved again this week that she is the uh, man. You see, you won't even read my thing where I say the great one, but then you got me reading shit like this. All right, I'll do it. I'll read it just like you wrote it. Just like you you wrote it. What's wrong with yours? 
Caitlin Bristow proved again this week that she is the undisputed and one true GOAT and 150,000% certainly stronger player than any enemy of quick judgments, aficionado of sour grapes, or pre-therapist envy. Pre-therapist. I read it all as you wrote it. As you wrote it. On her Instagram story, she reposted a tweet in quote, Tennessee just banned drag shows. However, Nazis in the KKK can still hold protests and meetings there. Take a long moment and let that sink in very deeply with the caption, I've actually thought about moving because of this disgusting. As attacks on drag shows, the trans community, LGBTQ+, etc. are ramping up all across the greater nation. We love this parasocial play. One true goat. Drink, drank, drunk. Arielle Frankel made a TikTok in which she played a drinking game with friends where they drink every time Zachary Shalcross kisses someone that's not Arielle. She intercut footage from the show makeouts with footage of them drinking to the song Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. The video has 29.9K views. She's a talent. Dark horse talent. I agree with you 100%. I'm curious to see what she's going to do here as we're in the playoffs now. I'm sorry. I can't. Don't hate me. Kylie Russell made light of Zach dumping her via Zoom in a TikTok in which she walks to camera under the caption, It's okay, bae. We can still be friends, even though you told me you were excited about our future, but then broke up with me via Zoom. Just kind of confusing, but we straight. To the sound, I've been drinking. 32.6K views. Did you get the first line reference? No. I'm I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me is what... um. Sarah Jessica Parker's love interest said to her on a post-it when she broke up with her on a post-it. In what show? Sex in the City? Sex in the City. I don't remember that episode. Breaking up with a, someone on Zoom feels like the modern version of the post-it thing. Okay. At Victoria reminds us that she's going to be back at the Women Tell All. Under the caption, when you find out Women Tell All is next week, she performs a stunning high kick to the sound, Let's get ready to rumble! Will she finally get her first lines on screen? Who knows, but they should absolutely include her in anything they're doing because she has a million TikTok followers and no (laughs) one else on your show is coming close to that. At least nobody else who's currently in the season. Uh, All these were fantastic plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Gabriella Gabby Elnicki, the bubble bath player, got 90.5K likes and 1 million views on her recent TikTok, thanking her friends for signing her up to be on The Bachelor. It starts with her lying on the lawn with the caption, uh, me going through a really traumatic breakup, then cuts to a scene from Cars screaming something under the caption, my friends signing me up for The Bachelor. Honestly, we don't know what the car is screaming or really understand this video but it left an impression clearly and unintelligible yelling is a pretty good summation of the experience viscerally. Congratulations. 1 million views to Gabby. Astounding. And we also have some uh, non-humans to talk about in this parasocial world. We're talking about those lovely creatures. Night one girl, Madison Johnson had a great parasocial play uh, asking her dogs an important question. We saw Jill Chin's cat sauce Underwent surgery earlier this week. Thoughts and prayers. And these were both fantastic parasocial creature plays, but there can be only one winner. And this week it goes to Gracie the Canine. Gracie's owner is none other than gore girl Elise Delbaum. She posted an incredible Instagram reel this week showing a short video of Gracie bossing her around the house with a caption that read, If dogs can't talk, then how come my dog bosses me around all the time? The video has 530 likes, 13 comments. We can't recommend checking out enough. 
It's got excitement, comedy, and more cuteness than you can handle. Congrats to Elise and to Gracie on this outstanding parasocial play. And Baylor Kai on starting that bloodline. Indeed. And now it is time to move on to something I've been looking forward to all day. Pace Case and I are going to descend deep into the bottom of the pit and issue four with a couple of screams. And I got a doozy. This is Screams from the Pit. I'm very nervous to hear your scream. I watched Clues silently tell it to Dark Seeker on our meeting earlier, and I, I can't wait to hear what it is. My scream this week, though, is about Pace Case Palapa. As I said up top, I published my first Pace Case Palapa, a 26-minute breakdown of the Vanderpump Rules history of the scandal that was going on. And I felt, I worked very hard on this, and I felt very nervous putting it out there. I mean, you and I are constantly putting out content all the time that I feel like I've gotten less nervous about. But this, I was like, Vanderpump Rules like feels like my baby and like kind of like my true hobby. So I'm like nervous <laughs> delving into this realm. Um, and in a way, I just hadn't, I, I realized I'm like making content about something that is just, is just a pure joy, which is like what I did out of Bachelor as well originally. And I just want to say thank you to the pit for all of the positive feedback that you have given me. I was, yeah, I was, you know, feeling nervous about this one. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't appreciate more the, um, the support uh, in trying out this new, this new thing. And it, honestly, it made me think that I might do a Vanderpump rewatch of seasons one and two at some point. I think that's a great idea. I was blown away by your Pace Case Palapa. The visual quality of it is incredible. Uh, you're doing things in it technically that I'm still trying to figure out how to do. I'm like, damn, how did she get that border on that shit? How did she make it look so nice? I absolutely loved it. I can't recommend it enough to everybody to check it out if you're on our Patreon. Um, definitely worth watching but i think it's great both of us learning this shit is helping us up our game and i think it's going to come in very handy as we are thinking about a few other things for the patreon that has us watching them back that are going to be coming up very soon we got a little future scream we're baking yeah for sure there's (laughs) going to be a future scream about this one but uh let me let me give you my scream pace case uh-huh let me get ready from time Mm -hmm. to time uh there will be people in your lives that are not in the pit, right? Mm-hmm. Friends, coworkers, whatever. And from time to time, some of those friends will be like, you know what? I want to watch The Bachelor. And they come to you and they say, what should I watch? Had this happen yeah. to me this week. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn you on to it in this way. You're going to do the Tetralogy. And so... <laughs> what? The Tetralogy? What's tetralogy? It's like a trilogy, but four. Oh, okay. And so the tetralogy, of course, is Bachelorette season 10. Is this a real word? Tetralogy, yeah. 
It's okay. like a trilogy, but it's four pieces instead of three. I've literally never heard that word before. Oh, <laughs> so, sorry. That was I. I that wasn't meant to be a joke or anything. It's it. That is what it's called. The tetralogy is like a story that takes place in four pieces. Okay. So to me, the tetralogy is. Bachelorette season 10, Nick Vile's first appearance. Bachelorette season 11, Nick Vile's second appearance. BIP uh, six, I think, right? Um, Nick Vile's Bachelor Paradise and then his season 21 of Bachelor. Oh my God. So I tell this person that. Then I do this other podcast called Dudesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's run by an AI and it makes us watch things from time to time, movies or TV shows, and then we have to come back and talk about them. And so this week... We have been tasked by this AI with watching a movie called 80 for Brady. Mm-hmm. 80 for Brady, for those who don't know, is a movie that stars Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, and Rita Moreno as three elderly friends who are obsessed with Tom Brady. And so they make a pilgrimage to go to the Super Bowl in 2017 and watch him play. And it's based on a true story. Okay. I'm, so I'm watching it, and there's a scene where Jane Fonda. Sally Field and um, Lily Tomlin have to go get Rita Moreno from the retirement community that she lives in to go on this uh, drive, to drive to the airport to get to the Super Bowl. And there's a scene where they walk into a big community room in this retirement community, and everyone there is gathered around a television, and they're all watching something. What do you think they're watching? Nick Vile, season 21. What event from that season do you think they're watching? Bouncy house. Dark Seeker said the same thing. No, it's the two-on-one between <laughs> Corinne Olympios and Taylor Nolan. Wow. This is what is on that fucking screen. And so I'm sitting there. I'm wow. watching this. I would lose my mind. Yeah, I did lose my mind. I had just talked about it. Now I'm seeing it in this fucking movie that it has no place being in, except that this movie is basically propaganda for the NFL. There's so much NFL <laughs> shit in it and NFL, 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 Tom Brady's in it, all this shit, right? And we have said for a long time, the NFL and The Bachelor are connected. We, we know this to be true. There's always NFL dates where they're playing football in real NFL stadiums. Ben Roethlisberger has been in the fucking show. Um, Aaron Rodgers' little brother, Jordan Rodgers, is now married to Joe, 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 and he won that season. Um, so many people have been ex-NFL hopefuls or, you know, Clayton, uh, Colton, Dark Lord Palmer. It's all connected. So I'm sitting there watching it, but then it really starts going through my mind. Why did they choose this season of the show? Because the movie takes place in 2017. It would have been right when that was actually airing. Wow. I like that attention to detail. Exactly. That's what I thought. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute, though. How fucking like ingrained is the person who's making that decision in the culture? Is the director of this movie in the pit? Is Was my next thought. Uh-huh. Anyway. Did you go farther? Nope, I didn't. I didn't even look up who directed it. Here's the thing. I feel like that I'm with you. I think that director is in the pit. Kyle Marvin. Because if you were like, they're watching something. Okay, they're watching The Bachelor. You would, what would you show? You would show a rose ceremony. You wouldn't show like the two-on-one date. That's that's just so much more obscure than just like a generic Bachelor clip. Correct. And then I just was going through all the mental gymnastics of like, rights clearances and who did they have to go to for this and that and blah 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 you know i'm looking through his um credits right now there's no reality tv that i can see anyway i found it very interesting interesting thank you kyle 
Maybe I'll see this movie now. Yes, it blew my mind to some degree. And uh, uh, I can't recommend it. I can't recommend it. It has a very interesting problem, which is, um, are you an 80-year-old woman and want to see a movie about people like you? If yes, do you also want that movie to be about the NFL? (laughs) Probably not. Or are you a big NFL fan? If yes, Mm -hmm. then do you want to see a movie about four 80-year-old women who love the NFL? Probably not. They do a bad job of um, getting any audience who might be interested in the separate disparate elements of this movie to come together, in my opinion. Look, Kyle, uh, Clues doesn't speak for me, Kyle. I love your work, and (laughs) I love that you're in the pit and listening to this. All right. Well, those are our screams. Uh, Kyle, thank you for making this fantastic movie and for putting... By the way, Nick Vial wasn't in it. It was just uh, cutaways to... Olympios and Nolan back and forth. So it was during that thing where they're talking and Vial wasn't there. But now let's move on with our next scream here. As you know, we play screams that are not our screams. Screams from other people deep in the pit with us. If you would like to submit your screams to potentially be played right here in Screams from the Pit, you're just going to go to patreon.com slash gamerosa. Sign up. Join us in the pit. You're going to get access to our Discord. That is where you submit a one minute or less audio clip of yourself uh, screaming from the bottom of the pit. Today's scream comes to us from someone named Sabulous, and it has a picture attached. Let's listen to this and look at the picture. I believe the picture will be available on our social media. Here we go. Hi, Pit. This is Grace. I currently live on the East Coast and recently went on a business trip out to LA. Although my coworkers and I were staying downtown, I insisted on dragging everyone to the grove and into the pit. I told my coworkers I needed to see if they were carrying this banned book written by my favorite podcasters. As my eyes finally set on the forbidden lands of Barnes & Noble, I was overcome with anger. How dare they ban my goats? And I flicked the building off, prompting a scolding of my own from the Grove security. (laughs) Unfortunately, they were out of copies of How to Win the Bachelor that day, but I know they won't be on March 1st. So proud of you and this full circle moment. Oh, that was so sweet. Yes, thank you, Grace, for this sweet scream and for this image, which, again, I think is going to be in our social media. It's just, I assume this is Grace's hand flipping off the Barnes & Noble in the background. Uh, very sorry that you you got uh, accosted by or dealt with by the Grove security. Um, this is such a good picture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel bad because we just went back. They had us back there. A <laughs> um, couple things. I love the phrase, how dare they ban my goats? I'm going to use yes. that. Okay. And I love that you kind of got a little taste of what we got getting scolded by the Grove security. They are obviously the most on it security in the world. They don't yeah. let a thing get past them. There must be a million people working there. <laughs> There are several. They are constantly on patrol and they seem to be looking for anyone to talk to at any point about anything (laughs) that they can reprimand you for. So, you know, you probably were the uh, highlight of their day as well, Grace. And you are the highlight of ours here in the bottom of the pit. So thanks again for submitting that screen. And thanks everybody out there for listening to this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to be back uh, next Monday with our live show at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That is going to be half an hour before Hometowns airs. And then we're going to have a recap of that out for you on Tuesday. 
And then mm-hmm. on Tuesday night, you're going to mm-hmm. tune into American Broadcasting Company's presentation of Bachelor Season 27's Women Tell All. We uh-huh. are going to watch that. We are going to recap that Tuesday night. That will be yep. available Wednesday. We are doing that. And then we have something very special <laughs> planned for next Friday. We hope you will tune in to that. But uh, thank you for joining us once again. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,655 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then